0: i my God, it's still cold! The Hellraiser is back. Here we go! Evolution of the Shield! John Cena versus the Showstopper! Hulk Hogan and The Rock in the same ring! You will never take my place at the head of the table! Undertaker! With a has submission! Oh my God! What? My God, Michaels! Just kicks Cena's head off! The it will be The Rock! It will be Austin one-on-one!
1: They're oh. the tanker. Do you believe in miracles?
2: What's up guys and welcome back to Rivalries on the WWE podcast on this Friday, March 11th as we are just, what is it, three weeks away from WrestleMania, a WrestleMania that's starting to feel maybe a bit more legitimate. I still think that they kind of missed the boat here and took the wrong course of action with their all-in approach on the Brock Lesnar um, and Roman Reigns match for the Undisputed Championship or what will become eventually the Undisputed Championship. Uh, the Universal and the WWE Championship scheduled to be unified. But that's neither here nor there as we are going back today to 2003 for The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I know what you guys are thinking. I've already covered that rivalry. I believe it was the third rivalry I ever covered back in September 2020 when I first started this show. But in light of Stone Cold Steve Austin returning at WrestleMania 38, albeit, we don't know if that's in a wrestling match or just the KO show or what type of context it will be. Austin referenced his final match against The Rock 19 years ago at Safeco Field in Seattle. So I think it's important to go back and review that rivalry, The Rock versus Austin, but just their rivalry in 2003. The last time I reviewed it a year and a half ago, we covered it going all the way back to 1997 when they feuded over the Intercontinental Championship. Then in 1998-99 when The Rock was the corporate champion. Then in 2001, the, the build to the biggest WrestleMania main event of all time. And yes, it was bigger than Brock versus Roman. And the eventual heel turn of Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 17. But going back to 2003 to break down Austin's last ever program and run as a full-time competitor is something that I believe we ought to visit, right? And this is not to say that Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to come back and wrestle, you know, even on a part-time basis. Who's to say if he's even going to wrestle a one-off match? But because he brought up his final match 19 years ago, I think it's at least fair to revisit that in the small chance that he does lace up the boots. So going back to 2002, we had the walkout of Stone Cold Steve Austin when he cited bad creative, probably declining health, and he walked out on Vince McMahon and the WWE after finding out that he was going to, quote, do the favors for Brock Lesnar on a non um, what was it a non uh, no it was televised it was just it was there was no build to it it was a non-promoted match between him and Brock Lesnar at the King of the Ring tournament qualifying match so he walks out and for the back half of 2002 we have a Stone Cold Steve Austin list WWF or WWE I forget that when the exact transition was made I believe it was in April of 2002 coincidentally the Rock drops his undisputed championship to Brock Lesnar in August of 2002 at SummerSlam, and he walks away from the company on a full time basis, and they end 2002 with a rockless WWE. So the two biggest stars of the last four to five years pretty much left at the same exact time. And this was a giant. Transitional period for Vince McMahon and WWE because you had two guys who, at respective times, carried the company on their back. You know, Austin much more so than The Rock, as going back to, I would say, 1998, 1999, it was all Stone Cold Steve Austin. But when he got hurt at the tail end of 1999 and had to step away for a full calendar year, The Rock really stepped into that role. And the year 2000 was the year of The Rock. And also Triple H, but he was a heel. So 2001 comes around. They each stand on opposite sides of the battle lines drawn during the the invasion angle. And we get to a point where, not that both of them had become stale. Certainly not Stone Cold Steve Austin, maybe The Rock. But it was almost like, What was WWE going to do in the aftermath of these two guys? And obviously, you had Brock Lesnar being pushed to the moon. You had Triple H kind of stepping in as the face of Monday Night Raw. You had a returning Shawn Michaels to come back in late 2002, early 2003. You had the elevation of a guy like Kurt Angle to the main event, The Undertaker still kicking around. So it's not like WWE had nothing in light of both of these guys walking away in mid-2002, but it still was a massive hit. That would be like if now, I guess not so much Brock Lesnar because he's not really a full-time guy, but that would be the equivalent of, you know, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins leaving in the span of two months. Like, what would WWE do right now? And I would argue they'd be in worse shape today because at least they had the star power nineteen, twenty years ago to kind of at least give like a half reasonable facsimile for those two guys. But it still was a mega shot nonetheless. But just about in the in two thousand three, January of two thousand three, rather, we start to hear rumblings that The Rock is making his return to SmackDown, and he returns as the Hollywood heel to face off against Hulk Hogan in the rematch from their contest contest 11 months prior at WrestleMania 18 in Toronto. The Rock comes back, full-blown heel, Hollywood heel, defeats Stone uh, Hulk Hogan at the Bell Center in Montreal, my hometown, in what was kind of the Montreal Screwjob 2.0, except this time, fully a work. On the same night, Stone Cold Steve Austin returns to face Eric Bischoff, For his first match in, what was it, eight or nine months or so, absolutely destroys Eric Bischoff, one of the biggest pops in the history of professional wrestling. Proud to say it was in Montreal, my hometown. Unfortunately, I was not there because I was eight years old and my parents would not let me go and stay up till midnight on a school night. So, and a side note, I truly wish that pay-per-views or now premium live events had been moved to Saturdays when I was a kid, but that's neither here nor there. So... You have the return of the Rock. You have the return of Stone Cold Steve Austin to in-ring competition on the same night at No Way Out 2003. But the one thing is, is that the Rock is on Monday Night Raw, is on SmackDown, and Stone Cold Steve Austin is on Monday Night Raw. Well, that would all change the very next night when there was a major transaction in favor of Monday Night Raw. <laughs>
0: Star. Bigger star in fact the biggest star in WWE oh hell the biggest star in the history of this industry what are you talking about I don't have a clue who could it be
2: So The Rock shows up on Monday Night Raw, and he, his appearance on Raw felt like a massive deal because it was when the brand split was fresh, and it was when the brand split was never broken. But now the question became, what the hell is The Rock doing on Monday Night Raw? Well, we quickly got that answer once The Rock started cutting his always so often prom- interesting promos. Hey,
0: maybe he'll tell us why he's here on Raw. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now, now, don't stop chanting Rocky yet. You got to hear what The Rock is going to say, and then you decide whether you're going to chant Rocky or not. There you go. Fair oh, way. yeah. Big surprise. The Rock right here on Raw. Why? The Rock will tell you why. The Rock will tell you why. Because see, last night... Last night at No Way Out, The Rock did Vince McMahon a favor, and he whooped that red and yellow candy ass! These people are in denial. And then, and then, Vince McMahon did The Rock a favor. He said, Rock, you can go wherever you want to go. You can do whatever you want to do. So The Rock said he wanted to go live Monday night on Raw. More importantly than that, The Rock said he wanted to come right here to Toronto, Canada! up this crowd, if you ask me. And then The Rock said, oh, uh, uh, wait a minute, are you, are you kidding The Rock? Are you kidding The Rock? What? Is is this the first time you've ever heard someone mention your city? Is that it? Oh, yay, hooray, he said Toronto. Yay, woo, they, that's where we live. We live in Toronto. Yay, shut up. Oh. sometimes there's not a lot to cheer about living here in Toronto. All right. thank you. You right, see, the rock wanted to come right here to Toronto because you see, it was here in Toronto that it all started. chanting for stone cold here. What? <laughs> you uh you voted for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Everybody loves Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah yeah. Yeah everybody loves Stone Cold, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah well The Rock The Rock doesn't love Stone Cold The Rock doesn't love Stone Cold as a matter of fact as a matter of fact Stone Cold Steve Austin is nothing. true superstar of the decade, true superstar of the millennium. You know who that is? The Rock will tell you who that is. Toronto, that is the jabroni-beaten, pie-eating, trailblazing, eyebrow-raising, stronger than a bear, faster than a buck, the biggest thing to hit Canada, because the maple leaves suck.
2: So The Rock, his, his heel promos were just absolutely phenomenal. Very underrated. But you quickly realize that The Rock was over on Monday Night Raw to finish some unfinished business with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And you heard him referencing that the fans voted Stone Cold Steve Austin as the superstar of the decade instead of The Rock. And the thing is here, and I believe I touched on it with Matt, on our last um, show that we did together on Monday is that these two never really collided unless it was like a WrestleMania feel match. I believe he said they collided once at Backlash following WrestleMania 15 in 1999. But aside from that, unless it was a house show, a dark match, something along those lines, these two only really came face to face in a one-on-one capacity at big time main events, aka WrestleMania, I believe they also had a match on a Monday Night Raw in 1999. But they quickly banded together and started fighting the corporate ministry, if I'm not mistaken. So when The Rock brought up that he was planning to confront Stone Cold Steve Austin, you really got a feel like, oh, man, this is going to be huge. And you quickly realize that the fact that The Rock had never beaten Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania, Austin going two for O in the two times they had faced off both times for the WWF championship, you know, it was clearly eating at The Rock. And when these two finally came face to face on Monday Night Raw, it had the true feeling of a big fight feel. <laughs>
0: I tell you what, Eric Bischoff, he wants to come out, he wants to be your friend, right? He wants to shake your hand. Well, The Rock, The Rock does not want to be your friend. The Rock does not want to shake your hand. The Rock, The Rock just wants to slap your face, That's what The Rock wants to do. Whoa. Rock's not scared.
1: I didn't come down here and slap my face.
0: It's real simple. It is real simple, Austin. Austin, The Rock, The Rock, The Rock has done it all in this business. The Rock has done it all, except for one thing, Austin. Austin, do you remember the last two times you went one on one with the great one? <laughs>
1: ah, ah, yeah, well, The Rock, The Rock. Hey, gonna... hey, 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 hey. And if I remember correctly, I whipped your ass not once but twice. That's oh. what I remember. So what you're saying is, you want to go for three times, is that what you're saying? Okay, 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 Austin, yeah, you want, you want to be a big shot, is that it?
0: You want to be a big shot? Well, Stone Cold, Stone Cold, let The Rock tell you this, The Rock tell you this, it's real simple, Steve Austin, you ain't nothing! No, 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 matter of fact, you're Stone Cold nothing! The Texas right on nothing. Over a big can of
1: nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're funny? If you think you're so damn tough that you can whip Stone Cold's ass, why don't you run your last down here? Here, look. I'll lay down. Oh, oh my! I'll lay down just like this. Run to the last down. Get on top of me. And count one, two, three. I'm waiting for you. Come on down. Tell you what. You want the rocks to come down? I think about
0: it. Mm-hmm. Nah. 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 What the hell is that? That's scary. Simply put, The Rock at WrestleMania, and only at WrestleMania is gonna whoop that bald headed candy ass. Well,
1: if you're gonna wait till WrestleMania, if you're gonna wait till WrestleMania, I'll tell you right now, I ain't leaving this building. ...without whipping somebody's ass.
0: Uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, no! The Rock! In the Rock! In for the Rock! The Rock. Oh, the Rock was picking his spot! The Rock is ready! But the Rock is retreating! Well, this is not WrestleMania! The Rock said, you are going to win Stone Cold to WrestleMania! You're mad at his word! As the Rock have a case of the illegal...
2: Lincoln... So, for the first time... These two were going to collide at WrestleMania for a non-title contest. And I think that's why in a lot of ways this one felt more special than the others. Obviously, WrestleMania 17 was the big one. Arguably, well, not in my mind, but I would say it's bar none the biggest main event WWE has ever put on. The biggest WrestleMania match they have ever put on. WrestleMania 17 in houston texas and yes even bigger than the stupendous main event we have this year of brock versus roman reigns but that was more of a how would i say collision course match where they just had not crossed paths almost at all in close to a year and a half and you had austin coming back from his injury coming off of that brutal rivalry with Triple H, The Rock on this meteorotic rise like we saw from him in the year 2000, regaining the championship from Kurt Angle at No Way Out 2001, and then Austin wins the Rumble at 2001, and boom, you have this mega main event with the two biggest stars the company has to offer. This one was different in the sense that they were clearly both in the twilight of their careers, at least on a full-time basis, because as we know, The Rock would return uh, in a part-time role uh, about a decade later, uh, seven, eight years later. And it was rooted in a bitter resentment that The Rock had for Stone Cold Steve Austin, because The Rock always played second fiddle to Stone Cold Steve Austin. And that's nothing to be ashamed about. Everyone played second or third or fourth or fifth fiddle to Stone Cold Steve Austin. But The Rock was that one guy who at any point during the the attitude and early on years of Ruthless Aggression eras was able to somewhat match the star power of Stone Cold Steve Austin. You had Austin in a class of his own, The Rock right under him in a class of his own, and then everybody else. Or right under them, you had the likes of Taker, Mick Foley, Triple H, maybe Shawn Michaels when he came back in early 2003. But The Rock and Austin were completely in their own respective stratospheres. But Austin was in a higher stratosphere. And everyone knew that. I was a huge Rock fan, more so than an Austin fan. I was one of the few on the side of the rock, but I, I, but I even knew that Stone Cold Steve Austin was a tier above. And it was cool for them to translate that real life, I guess, perception onto the product. And obviously there was no real life resentment. It's fairly well documented that these two have immense respect for one another, But the fact that they were able to play off something that was so clearly evident and true in a lot of ways made it for an organic and almost genuine type of program as you built towards the hat trick of matches, the trifecta. And what would ultimately be the the final installment in what would probably be regarded as the greatest rivalry of all time. And the one thing about this is that The Rock playing this new Hollywood heel character that I would argue was the best version of himself as a heel. Even better than his meteorotic rise as a babyface in 2000. And that's saying something, but I think had The Rock stuck around for a bit longer as the Hollywood heel it would be talked about more, but unfortunately we only saw it for about two or three months in 2003 before he would ultimately step away. And then every time since he's come back, he's been a baby face, which is completely understandable. But you had him doing arguably the best work of his career as a heel and Stone Cold Steve Austin just doing his classic Stone Cold Steve Austin character that just never gets old. And you had money and you had a match that was arguably outshining the two world championship matches heading into WrestleMania. It 100% overshadowed the Booker T triple H rivalry for the world heavyweight championship. And what's indicative of that is the fact that Austin rock went on after that match at WrestleMania 19. And you could make the case. It overshadowed Brock versus Kurt angle for the WWE championship, which actually did main event the show, but although it was a fantastic build to the match and a fantastic rivalry between Brock and Kurt Angle, probably the best of the early years of the Ruthless Aggression Era, one that I covered not too long ago, I still don't know if you had enough star power, even with how good Angle was and how big of a rise Brock was on, to match that of Rock and Austin, albeit in a non-title match. And then obviously you had Hogan versus McMahon, which... I believe delivered for what we were expecting it to, but this was a match that these two guys in the twilights of their career outshined a very strong WrestleMania nineteen card. WrestleMania nineteen is one of the more underrated WrestleManias in the history. I, I in history, I would advise everyone to go look back on it. And then obviously along the way to this, you had you know the Rock's rivalry with uh, the Hurricane and the Hurricane actually defeating The Rock with a roll-up after the distraction of Stone Cold Steve Austin. You had The Rock concerts. You had the brawls between Rock and Austin along the way, and The Rock just playing the cowardly heel. And you you build it to this match at WrestleMania 19 that no one knew would be Austin's last match, and something that made it feel kind of more special when the dust settled and it turned out to be Austin's last match. Because a lot of times you hear like, oh, it's it's match versus career. Like Kurt, like uh, Ric Flair versus um, Shawn Michaels. Or Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. But the fact that we just thought that this was going to be another match in the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin, it made it feel all that more special once it was all said and done. And the biggest part about The Rock and Austin... And as far as their builds go, is that for whatever reason, WWE would always hit a home run when it came to the promo packages to build this match. Obviously, Limp Biscuits My Way as the build to WrestleMania 17 is probably unmatched. But the build and promo package to WrestleMania 19, also featuring a Limp Biscuit song, this one being Crack Addict, in my opinion, is arguably just on par, if not better.
1: Take his job and shove it. Stone Cold Steve Austin got tired of sitting on his ass in the house. And everybody says, Boston can take his ball and go home. while well, Stone Cold Steve Austin is back. And my God, there he is! I did to bring a ball with me. I brought a big fat can of whoop-ass. I can guarantee that I am going to race more hell in this ring than I've ever raised in my life.
0: Twice. Stone Cold, what you don't understand is this. The Rock has done it all in this business. The a time WWE champion. He's a, a leading man in Hollywood. Right. The one thing that The Rock has not done is whoop that bald candy ass at Wrestlemania. So what do you say, Stone Cold? What do you say?
1: You say it's...
0: Soul of a rock. He has never been so cold at a wrestling.
2: if you're not fired up for that <laughs> i don't know what to tell you and um it really felt like a huge match and damn it was and when the match got underway and it was the only match that they had at a wrestling where there was no outside interference which actually made it feel a bit more special than the others that my hot take is is that this was their best match I know that WrestleMania 17 is objectively the biggest match of all time, their biggest one for the WWF Championship. They are both at the pinnacles of their respective careers. But this one felt special because, A, there was no championship on the line. It was strictly personal, and there was no outside interference. It was just mano a mano, one-on-one, the two best to ever lace up the boots going at it. And I think that when the match started unfolding and you saw The Rock gaining the upper hand, you started to kind of see where they were going with it. Obviously, The Rock wearing the vest almost 50% of the match, them hitting each other's finishers like they always did, which really was something unique at their their matches. You started getting the feeling like, oh, I think The Rock is maybe going to come out on top here. And as we got closer to the match, that's something that ultimately came to fruition. Kicked out of them both.
0: The will to win by Austin is unparalleled. But the count of the Rock. Not not parallel as well. Look at the Rock. He's like the Scorpion King. He's coiled. He's coiled to strike. Austin trying to pull himself up with every fiber in his being, with his heart racing. With his guts and knots. You better stay Austin down on, trying to get up. Stay down on the mat, Austin. You'll have a shorter distance to fall after you get this rock bottom. Austin's up somehow, some way. And the rock. Is he gonna do it? Not the third time. The third time?
2: As JR alluded to, and as Austin alluded to in his video put out on Twitter, it took three rock bottoms to finally defeat him. And the special part about this match and the the ending to it was that as soon as Earl Hebner, the referee, hit the three count, The Rock immediately broke character. And if you go back and watch, you see The Rock, say something to Stone Cold Steve Austin, and they have since revealed what that conversation was, The Rock thanking Stone Cold Steve Austin for everything they did for each other, and just saying, like, you know, this was a great ride because I believe The Rock knew that at that point that it was Stone Cold Steve Austin's final match. And Austin putting over The Rock in the final installment of their trifecta of matches meant a lot to The Rock. And I think this solidified The Rock as arguably the number two of all time. Obviously, you can make that case for Hulk Hogan or Undertaker or John Cena or Ric Flair. But in a lot of minds, The Rock is number two on that totem pole behind Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I think that Austin walking away, going out to The Rock was the right call. Because who else was worthy of defeating the uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, not just for the fact that The Rock was the second biggest star of the last 10 years behind Austin, but even the history between them, you know, their two prior matches at WrestleMania, them it coming down to them two in the five on five 11 nation match at the winner take all Survivor Series 2001 Alliance for Steam WWF. It just made all the sense in the world for this to happen. And although it was not for a championship, it still felt so special. On a card that could have easily survived without them. And for them to have really kind of outshined the rest of the card, a card that was damn good in its own right, you know, even Jericho and HBK in a kind of like mid-card early match, you know, that tells you just how deep this roster was at the time. But Rock Austin 3 was a hell of a match 19 years ago and it's one that was worthwhile visiting given the impending return of stone cold steve austin although we don't know if that's in a match capacity but nevertheless it was good to revisit austin's last rivalry and program as a full-time in-ring competitor anyway guys that's all i got for you today i hope you enjoyed rock versus austin from 2003 As always, you can catch me on Twitter at Ademarco25, you can catch Matt on Twitter at Wrestling underscore Audio, or you can email him at realwwepodcast at gmail.com. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoy your weekend, and I'll talk to you next week.
0: Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com.